Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of Inside Music. I'm your host, James Shotwell, and on this week's episode, Zach Cirillo, founder of PropertyOfZach.com, co-founder of Bad Timing Records, and someone everyone in alternative music seems to know. Zach has appeared on the podcast before, but since that time, he's decided to relaunch his beloved music blog, which gave us the perfect excuse to chat again. We also talk about the plans he has for Bad Timing in 2015, but before we get there, we have to have a word from our sponsor. Inside Music is made possible by Holix, the music industry's leading digital promotional distribution platform. Whether you're looking to get your music in front of the press or you want a little help fighting piracy, Holix has the tools you need. For more information on Holix and access to a free 30-day trial, visit www.holix.com. That's www.h-a-u-l-i-x.com. Okay, let's get to the show. Hello. Hello. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm pretty good. What's your uh, What's your Monday like? I just have a doctor's appointment today before I go back to school, so I'm I'm just essentially tired. I've actually had a very productive day, just getting more properties act stuff in order. Uh, it's nice that everyone else is on vacation for work, so I can just focus on the site without having to do the other jobs right now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Do you go back to school this week? I go back on the uh, the fifth. So, but I've yeah, I've I've had a full month off essentially. I, my last day was on the fourth. So. Oh wow. Um, which is nice. So I've been I uh the at, at the start of the vacation I was I wasn't feeling too uh like productive, but it really kicked into gear over like the last week, which is nice. <laughs> So what is, I don't know, I mean, I know a lot about you, but I don't know based on your uh, social updates, like what holiday you just celebrated. <laughs> I am, uh, I am half and half. Uh, I, I don't necessarily believe in anything, but uh, we, we celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas and I love some presents, you know? Yeah, I thought I saw you get like uh, soundproofing for. Yeah, Hanukkah. yeah. I, I like a few years ago. Um, I mean, I've had like a nice upbringing, so I, I don't, I don't feel like I really need. I don't, you know, I have no desire to be like I need a Xbox One, you know. Yeah. So I, I'd rather ask for like productive and realistic gifts, you know, that mm-hmm. I can use that I need to buy anyway for myself. And so I really, with all the new podcasting stuff for the site and me just wanting to get more into the medium, I was like, you know, let me be realistic and ask for like a boom stand and the better and soundboarding stuff. So the room sounds better and all that. And that's what I got. And I was very stoked. It's a practical gift. I've, I've like moved into the space of asking for practical things. Does, do your parents like, are they into podcasts? Do they get it? They listen every week. Uh, <laughs> so they, we have a, we have like a, like a weekend house in New Jersey. Uh, and the ride is like an hour, an hour and 10 minutes. So it's the perfect podcast length. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it's their weekly routine on the ride back to listen, uh, <laughs> which is cute. And that's why sometimes I like make jokes about my parents cause they end up hearing it. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, it's that's, that's interesting. I guess for me to start the second one. So that, yeah. Yeah. My parents are the same way. They, they listen to things. They don't always tell me that they do, but I just kind of go into projects assuming that they will either read it or listen to it at some point. And I'll try to, I do the same thing where I, I litter in little things where I'll be like, Oh, they'll pick up on this if they see it. 
Right, my parents are like checking on the website, but they don't they don't like read anything, you know. But I, I think that they like that they can tangibly hear me talk for like an hour, once mm-hmm. or twice a week. And so I go out of my way, like, you know, whenever this goes live, I'll send them the link so they can listen to it on the next car ride because they enjoy that. And they can they can get that versus like reading some post about a random band. It doesn't communicate well, but Okay. It, it help. I think it helps them get it that I like. They hear me talk about something, which is cool. Yeah. Do you see your parents a lot? Yeah, a lot. I mean, Philly's just an hour and a half, two hours from New York. I'm back a lot. Uh, this fall, I was almost back every weekend, which got to like really draining because of just the back and forth. But yeah, I come home a lot. I mean, I I like it at home. So, um, it's a lot. Conv- it's a lot. You know, easier than like Michigan to Boston. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we drove back this weekend. Well, Lisa, my fiance, she flew out originally like a week ago. Well, she drove yeah. out, and then I flew out the next day because it was like a long story. But then we drove back together yesterday or two days ago, and that was like a thirteen-hour drive. Oh wow! Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's two hours for me to get here, and you know, it's very convenient for me to have a satellite location in New York because of business stuff. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm up here a lot for sure. Now, when school's done, will you stay in New York, or are you going to be a Philly resident? Um, currently, the plan is Philly for a few more years because the money is astronomically more affordable. Um, <laughs> but it also sort of depends on uh, what my girlfriend ends up moving to, uh, whether that's New York or Philly or something else all between, and depending on how we want to move forward. So the, the tentative plan is Philly, but it also is not fully decided yet. Spoken like a true adult. You know, I feel like a true adult. Yeah, you're so young, but you've got, you got to start making those life decisions. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's something. Uh, well, you know, before we get off that topic, I guess, what is, I mean, so what is the girlfriend into that would keep you in New York City? Is it like what she does for a career, what she wants to do? Yeah, it's more that she wants to live in New York. Fair enough. Because <laughs> she's she's from the West Coast. She's not like from a city or anything. She wants to she and she's been out here a lot, so she wants to kind of experience what what more of the city. She really loves New York. She likes Philly a lot too. But you know, if you have the opportunity to live in New York and have a hopefully good job at the age of twenty two, you know that's kind of hard to pass up. Yeah, um, yeah. She's uh she's like West Coast because you go out you yeah, can go yeah. out there to see her. Yeah, she's she's originally from Oregon and goes to school in Southern California. So, yeah, we do a lot of back and forth. <laughs> I think we talked about her last time you were on the show because you were getting ready to go out there, or you had just come. Yeah, back. yeah. I think I was just about to go out there. <laughs> That's uh, good. She's just about to come out here now. So we we typically alternate month by month of who visits who. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well done. Well done for having an adult relationship long distance. <laughs> yeah, it's convenient that um, that I manage bands now because anytime like Knuckle Puck or whomever playing LA, I can realistically be like, oh, I got to make a business trip out there. And she lives an hour, her school's an hour east of LA. So it's like I can go do one show, hang out with a few people and then spend the rest of the week or weekend with her. And it's like I can I can chop it up as Half a business, half a personal trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done that before. I understand completely where you're coming from. Uh, so you're on the show this week for the second time, which is fun. Second time we've ever had a guest for a second time. So congratulations on that. Jacob beat you to it. Well, uh, you know. Well, I mean, his his circumstances changed faster than yours did. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a reason to talk to him. But you're back because Property of Zach has a relaunch coming. 
Yeah. I, is that what we're calling it? Is it a relaunch? Is it? I would say a reboot. A reboot. A reboot sounds more. I mean, not that relaunch sounds bad, but I, I think the reboot's kind of more accurate, just in the sense on of that. Like on January fifth, this site is changing cosmetically and internally, and you know, every, every kind of bone in the body is morphing a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, January fifth, so that's next Monday. What? I mean, is there any reason why January fifth versus you know flipping it at midnight on Wednesday? Yeah, um, that would be January first, Wednesday, and uh, that was originally like the plan. Uh, and then I was like, "Wow, no one's going to be on the internet uh, <laughs> until." And then everyone's still on vacation, or you know, kids aren't back at school yet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, it's like all, and there's no music news yet because people are still on vacation. And then I wanted essentially it to be the first Monday, also, which happens to be the fifth. Uh, and I assume that day will be a terrible day in my life because it's my first day back of classes. We <laughs> relaunch the website. There will assumedly be a thousand press releases that go out, At even least. though I've been unsubscribing to many press releases lately. And uh, also, all my other jobs will sort of start back up as well. So. That Monday is going to be a, a hard one. <laughs> That's why I, I've been like in overdrive mode, like getting getting the site way out prepared. Like I have essentially the first month and a half of content like by day almost planned out minus any like quick reactionary pieces. And I've been trying to pre-write a lot of the pieces that I've set for myself weeks or even a month or so in advance just so in case something crazy happens with the site or with other work that I, I can still sort of go forward with what I promised myself and our readers and the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, that's interesting that you mentioned trying to prepare content like far in advance. I do the same thing, but like I don't know. I'm sure you have the same thing. As soon as I finish something big like that, I'm like, well, why don't we just move the release date up to today? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I don't – not – I get that. I mean I, the – I used to do that all the time starting from when I was like 16 or 17 when the site originally started. Like I I always had this thing of we need two pieces of content per day. And then for like two or to three years, it was like we're, we were pumping out four pieces of content a day. That could that like could all be greatly different content from a stream to a review to a some other band feature. But it was very important to me. Like if there was a day where we had under three or four pieces of content, including on Fridays, I was like we are a disaster. <laughs> uh, which is sort of how I got burned out. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think I've structured sort of all the pieces we have for the next month very well, I think. Like we we essentially have, you know, 25 strong pieces of content running over 30 days, which includes weekends. And I, f- I feel good about that. And it's, some is from me and some is from the team and some is from outside sources like you. Like it's a diverse lineup. And a lot of the point of that is, and a lot of the point of making sure we we keep that promise to ourselves is that we're launching we're launching a Patreon on the fifth as well, and I want to be able to promise the potential like patrons that this is what you're helping us out for. We want to be doing this every day, all year, every year, and have you know having the subscription donations is a way for us to ensure that to happen, so we can pay writers in the future. I like no. Oh, it's a solid. That's a solid explanation setup. Before we get there, however, I do. There's two things I want to talk about before we get to what the site has planned and everything like that. The first one is I thought you'd find this interesting because I know Property Zach has been going full steam this whole holiday break. 
have you noticed this weird uptick in sites that are just like, we'll take the holidays off. We'll just stop yeah. posting for two weeks. I'm totally behind it. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think the, I like, I, I don't know about many, but I know like modern vinyl is doing that. Uh, yeah. I can think of like five or six maybe, but yeah. obviously I spent a little bit more time like looking at websites. Yeah. And I, and I, and I know Grantland for instance, doesn't post on the weekends ever. Um, so I, I like it. I, I think that's okay. Uh, I, that's something that I could have never, ever considered before July of this year. Like if I had even thought of that, I would have laughed at you and then also had a panic attack simultaneously. Um, but now, you know, I haven't really looked at traffic for the site since October and I'm not letting that kind of rule my life anymore. And so, and so I, I really appreciate that. I think it's important to kind of rest up and get rebooted or eventually you'll want to break at an inconvenient time. You know, the, the holidays happen to be a very convenient time to take a content break, you know, yeah. or if you're not, if you're okay with not spamming people with listicles about Santa, Santa and, you know, the best and moments emo, from 2014. And, yeah. And, and emo bands and, uh, five seconds of summer is emo bands. And don't, for, don't forget the 10 times pop punk won 2014. Yeah. That. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think it's okay. I think more and more we're going to sort of see the wheels break down on a lot of sites in music and outside of music as everyone just gets sort of burned out if they're not making a ton of money, which most sites aren't, frankly. And, sure. I, you know, I, I think it's important to sort of free yourself of being a full slave to the traffic. And that took me five years. So, it's you know, it's not easy. Uh, but it's really rewarding. I, you know, this... We were, we were talking a little bit ago that like I've had a month off for break mm-hmm. for college. I've been working really hard, but I haven't. I've been, and I think I'm going to go back into school a lot more rested than I think I normally would over a typical break. Because today, for instance, I've not posted one news article because there is no news, and I'm not panicked about it. But a year ago, I'd be having a panic attack. Yeah, this is something that I was just talking about on the blog is like it's weird when you get into the mindset of news that when things slow down, it's really hard to separate like how well the site's doing. If you're a traffic obsessed, it's hard to separate those numbers from like your own abilities as a writer where you're just like, why are things down right now? I know that there's not as much news, but like don't people still come to this? It's just it, it can get very in your head if you get obsessed with the numbers this time of year. Right. Yeah. And it, it just, it's so unhealthy. It's so unhealthy. <laughs> it is the worst and there's nothing you can do about it. Like you could just beat your head into the keyboard and post a hundred stories, but it's not really going to make a huge difference at the end of the day. Right. And you, you know, you, I like the holidays are such a good time for me to see every website that I thought I liked that I don't like, uh, <laughs> because, uh, just because like, it's gross. Eventually, it's like, why are you posting this? Like, you're posting this clearly because you think you need to, you know? Yeah. And it, it's an, it's it's just that is when I'll hit, like, unsubscribe for my RSS feed or unsubscribe for that newsletter that you've told me about that I've gotten 15 emails about in 15 days because you want to make a lot of money in December. Like, I get it, but I think there are ways to be practical, and no one no one really wants to do that. Yeah, no, I, I entirely agree. And it's it's weird. I actually, uh, I like the modern vinyl take to just take a break, even though it was frustrating because we totally announced an antique release date, like the same day they stopped posting. Right, and I was right. like, come on. No, I, no, I, the, the thing that made me laugh most about that was, you know, the other day there was an announcement that vinyl sales went up 49% this year, like officially, and yeah. they haven't posted about it. Uh, <laughs> and, that, and that's their beat, you know, but I respect it. Um, 
one thing I like about where we're going with the site is that I don't I don't think I'll ever need to feel like I'll need to take a two week break or something because the direction's just much different. You know, a lot of it would be I can you know a year from now if it's that vinyl sales plummet forty nine percent next year. I'll be able to just post that link and comment a few lines about it. And that that's freeing to me. That's kind of my brain working on its own anyway versus I got to list 10 reasons why vinyl sales dropped this year, you know? Yeah, definitely. I follow. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this change of mindset because it, it starts it starts in the summer. You've already kind of touched on that. And it, I agree 100% that with you and for anybody really to kind of reach the next step of their writing career, it starts with like disconnecting from traffic. So let's let's talk about like separating yourself from analytics. Like what, what was the breaking point for that? The breaking point was uh, the company that owned my soul. <laughs> owns my soul uh, in part as well. Owns your soul, um, you know, started to really honestly make me pretty depressed. I had a really rough first half of, you know, 2014, uh, which was really jarring because I, I would kind of consider 2013 as one of the best years of my life, maybe the best year of my life. Like in terms of personal stuff, like my relationship was really great. Uh, you know, the site had done better than ever. It was, you know, the year started with us breaking the fallout boy news, which seems like forever ago, but yeah. it, that was just technically in 2013. It started that way. And then it ended with the site reaching new traffic levels, new reader levels, you know, like we finished the year with all that, a day to remember crazy stuff. Um, and you know, my label started and we got off to a, kind of incredible start and I, I started managing knuckle puck and that was great so 2013 was kind of this incredible year for me and then um 2014 started and it, everything just went off the rails with the website which has always been at the center of my heart and as every day went on i i kind of loved it less and less and that was really hard for me because for the past five years you know, waking up and posting on the website has essentially been no different for me than breathing. It's like it's a muscle memory at this point. Um, people are always like, "How do you post news so much?" And I'm like, "I don't know. It doesn't even feel like I do it. I, it just happens. I don't have an, I don't know how it happens. It just always happens." Um, and so, as as things got really ugly with Spin Media, I I essentially went to them and I was like, "Look, uh, I'm either gonna quit." And you can figure out how to run the website without Zach in the name of it, or um, you can give me ownership back somehow. And eventually, we agreed to that. But it, you know, it wasn't suddenly all over from there. Uh, I, I had given myself the summer, the entire summer, from June to September, from when I until I went back to school, essentially, to figure out how the site was going to work in 2015. And it was truly like four days before I went back to school and I was on the phone with Grace uh, outside of a show in Brooklyn. We were just talking and I was like, I have no, I, I didn't come up with a single thing of how it's going to work. Uh, and I was like, I had all summer and I couldn't crack the code. And then I was talking to my buddy, Evan Lucy, uh, and I was just like, I think I need to close the website down. And he was like, well, why can't you do it like this? And I laughed. I was like, well, that sounds great, but yeah, right. And then... The yeah, right, was that I could just sort of stop caring about traffic. Um, you know, Spin Media never paid me money for ads or traffic anyway. So it's not like I was, it's not like I was having a panic attack over, God, I'm not going to see as much of a return on money if ads drop. 
if, if traffic drops because ad sales would drop because I never got that money anyway. True. Illegal, illegally. <laughs> um, so that was kind of when I, when that came, like when I had that thought, I, I hadn't like, I felt like, you know, a, a hundred pounds had been lifted off of me. And ultimately to, to go on a very long tangent of to answering your question, it's, it's that, um, I wanted to be able to make my website work for me. For five years, I had made everything, including my life, orbit around the website. Like, you know, my first priority was not my health. It was the health of the website. And that really took its toll. And event and eventually, I sort of came to this revelation that, like, it's okay if everything revolves around my mental health and my desires, including the site, including management, including labels, and and instead of my whole life revolving around work, because um, I didn't want that anymore. You know, I I felt like I put in five years of full on work at a very young age, and I'm still very young, but I, you know, I felt like I had done that crazy commitment, and now I want to make myself a little more sane. So, I mean, again, to answer the the question, <laughs> like I just sort of stopped. I wasn't seeing money from ads anyway. So that wasn't tangible for me to worry about. And I wasn't enjoying what the site was doing anymore because I've over the last few years become so inspired by small bloggers, uh, primarily tech bloggers like John Gruber and Marco Arment and Ben Thompson. And I wanted to write like that. I wanted to comment on things. I didn't want to just post a news article and feel scared that I couldn't put my own thoughts on it or my own spin on it. And all those things together have sort of popped me out here. I think that that's, I mean, it's a long way to get to the answer, but it's a solid answer. You know what I mean? I don't have to give you a follow-up because you answer so well. But I think it's worth making clear, like, the way our deals, I mean, our deals are different with Spin, obviously, but they're similar in a lot of ways in that they, they did give us a stipend whenever they felt like it um, on a monthly basis. But it's true. We neither of us have ever seen like traffic money. However, they've always like teased us with the ability to get money from traffic as long as we like hit these ridiculous goals that are essentially like doubling the size of the site every which, six months. Right, which I did hit. Uh, You've hit them. I mean, I've which hit, I like which one. I did hit three tiers in a row and never got paid for. So again, it was just kind of this thing of like, I don't. I don't like ads anyway. I don't like ugly ads. Like I, and I don't believe that people see ads. You know, I think at this point, however many years into people using the internet every single day, you're accustomed to just thinking it's wallpaper. And so part of the new model of the website is that we're getting rid of ads, uh, at least for the start, hopefully forever, and a change of model to um, have weekly sponsored posts and also uh, like donations through Patreon and hopefully like a stronger merchandise game where that can where we can price it higher with the you know uh example of you're helping the site run this money goes to the writers this you know also like about changing my priorities priorities of the site i kind of had to be a big boy and realize out of all the things i do properties that gives me my least amount of income in fact it really gives me no income uh which i think is surprising to people people think i'm like a gabillionaire because I have a site that people read and I think, you know, they could think that way about you too. Um, and it's just not the case. So I also had to be like, well, if management's making me the most money right now, I probably need to focus a little more on that. Uh, 
and that's okay. But again, like it was so hard for me to realize. Yeah, it's it's weird to disconnect yourself. I'm the same way in that, especially this past year. I mean, UTG is a year older than Property is X. So I'd say my point came right before we hit year six in March of this year. But it's the same thing where I was like, okay, Holix is where this is like, this is the job that makes the most of my income. But yeah, I would still have the most like headaches about under the gun or like getting news out every day or doing stuff like that. And that is, it's such a backwards way to think. But after, like you said, after you've become so ingrained where like blogging is your second nature, it's hard to separate because that's like, that's your baby. It's what you started with. It's where it all began. And there's this weird sense that like, if that slips, then I slip because it's my my first thing, my baby, my whatever. But you kind of have to realize that that isn't all you are. In fact, it's only a little piece of who you are. And yeah, yeah, and I, it's just so hard, especially like I know you're a little. I mean, what? How old are you? I'm 27. So you started the website when you're as old as I am now, right? Exactly, basically. And I started the website when I was to be like lame and corny, like a teenager and person, like. You know, impressionable. Like the website was really how I grew up. I grew up with it. Like my life was not in a super happy place when I was in high school, and I found like this love and and fulfillment through it. And you know, I I I, be, I went through essentially my whole teenage life as, as growing this thing, like feeling comfortable, confident, and and incredible with it. And it 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 takes, I think, kind of courage and braveness to blow that up in a way. Yeah, exactly. Because for so long, it's been, it's been like the, you know, the reminder that you all, you have done something, you've done something of value, and you're working towards something bigger than yourself. And it's been your thing to fall back on. And it's been your friend. And it's been whatever you've needed it to be for all this time. And to let that go, it's almost like letting go of somebody, an actual person in your life, where you're just like, Oh, I can't let that relationship slip, because they matter so much to me. Yeah, it was it was an unhealthy relationship with you know with a semi overlord as like an abusive leader, you know. Yeah, uh, and it's hard to get out of an abusive relationship. It's hard to get out of an abusive relationship, and it's hard when you feel like in the predicament you and I have found ourselves in in the last couple of years. It's been not only an abusive relationship where we're addicted to what we're doing, but the people who actually control it have no care whatsoever for right. our, for it, us it, or our addiction. They just it's want us been to incredibly backwards. Yeah, they just want us to keep being addicted and feeding the machine with content and it takes a long time to be like, maybe I don't maybe I don't have to do that. Yeah, and it takes it takes real training like, you know, even though I have a new setup and direction for the website, it's still going to be hard, I think, to teach myself like, hey, I actually don't care about this band. I'm exactly. I'm about them. That or, is the you know, and, thing. And beyond that, it's going to be really hard to sort of train our audience. I expect to, you know, bleed audience and hopefully gain new audience back. But it's kind of hard to, un to, you know, to predict if my age group of audience with properties that cares about reading something longer than 200 words or care or has the mental and this isn't like meant to be an effect uh, offensive but because i think it's like a separation of being like hey uh we do this you rely on this website every single day you tell us every single day that the reason you love and support all these bands is because of our website will you give us five dollars a month oh god no you know it's like but I just think there's a separation of at a certain age group, people understanding that it's okay to support more than just the actual art, meaning more than Blink-182, right? Mm -hmm. But like it's okay to support the website where you get all of your love, your musical love from. But I don't know 
if, if people are open to that. Or I don't know if 16-year-olds can do that because I think a lot of our readers are 17, not 25 and have a different uh, income situation. And so like the Patreon thing is so terrifying because I think it's either going to be a drastic failure <laughs> or a decent success um, mm-hmm. and not really an in-between and definitely not a massive success. Like I, I, I would be surprised if it would be a massive success. Just but I but I really hope it can be because that's where I want to take the website. Yeah. Let's let's take a second and let's break down some of the changes in very basic terms. So let's talk about things that we're getting rid of. So the the current site design gone. Right. Yeah. So the, the site is gone. Uh reviews like are I, gone. Reviews are gone. So in terms of features, yeah, okay. let, let's think about it that way. Right. Uh, reviews are gone. Well, we don't. People don't come to properties act to read reviews. They go to, they go to places. I think where there's more of a community to talk about them. Thomas said this to me the other day, and I think he was really right. Oh no, you don't know. Thomas said this on your podcast, and I brought it up because of this conversation the other day. <laughs> yeah. um, on Christmas Day, oh, wow. um, Thomas talked. Thomas and you talked to me in the shower on Christmas. It was great. Um, <laughs> And, you know, Thomas was right. Thomas was like, to me, reviews on Absolute Punk aren't about reviews. They're about a starting point for a conversation. And that's because they have thousands of forum members that can converse about this album. And I think that's really great. But that's not what Property Zach is. We're not a destination for reviews. We're a destination currently for news and hopefully for reading thoughts in the, in the very near future. So, you know, we'll review, let's say, like, you know, I, I could very easily see the new Fallout Boy album being reviewed, but I can't necessarily see the next Twenty One Pilots album being reviewed. Or you know, I could see the next Wonder Years album being reviewed, but I can't necessarily see the next Knuckle Puck album being reviewed. You know, I, like we're I think we only want to we only want to do what we want to do right now, and we don't want to force ourselves to put energy into something that doesn't give us a lot of you know value and our readers don't value it either. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are gone. We're kind of in general just cutting all the cruft. Uh, like we had like these features like playlists, roadblocks, bands on bands. Uh, we're not going to be doing streams anymore for artists we don't care about. Uh, and if that, this is kind of an interesting thing because I'm going to, I know within the first two weeks of the year, I'm going to get an email from a publicist that reps large bands that I would love to stream music from. And he's going to ask me to stream a song from the smallest band on his roster or her roster. And I'm going to say, no, I don't want to in a polite way. And then they're never going to give me a stream potentially for any of their larger artists. Um, and you know what? That is what it is. I think a lot of people are petty like that. Um, but that's a big change. That's a fundamental change for us. Um, and so we're, we're cutting all that. We cut our entire photography team. We cut... Our entire review team. You know, we we went from a team of over twenty volunteers. Now we're down to five, and that feels awesome because we're nimble. And so I, I guess that's the first part in terms of features and bloat. Okay, how does this affect news? Is there still going to be twenty news posts a day on property, Zach? I don't know. Uh, I will still be doing the majority of that stuff now. Every I in in the previous era of property zach i was actually way too nervous to give anyone kind of posting controls on tumblr because tumblr the way our tumblr setup is different than maybe your wordpress where everyone can have an individual account mm-hmm. um when i set up the tumblr five years ago i made a primary blog which means that there can only be one user for it so that means everyone has to have the login for tumblr uh, and i wasn't comfortable with that because we had 20 some people and 
not that I trusted, not that I thought they would be doing wrong stuff, but it, it's just a lot of cooks, you know, in the kitchen. Yeah. And um, now, I, you know, the, the team that I've assembled, I, I trust very, very much. They, they are what I consider like the brain trust. Uh, and so they have capabilities to post news if I'm out and they need and I need a hand. Um, also, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll still be posting the majority of news. I don't know if it'll be all day every day, though, because. I'm not going to be posting about like, I don't know, uh, the Acacia strain anymore mm-hmm. because I just don't care about that band. I, I still see myself posting about Of Mice and Men because they're a really big band and I, it's so easy to post news and it's and a lot of people care about them. But like, I don't know why I need to post about the fourth level Rise band anymore and I don't plan on doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, news news posting will be as as constant as it is per my interest or per Jesse or Adrian or Connor's interest, uh, but not necessarily cater to everyone for everything anymore. I follow. I follow. I think that's important. I mean, that's kind of something that we've been trying at UTG and we'll try more in 2015 is that we want to – we've been trying to – put an emphasis on things that you actually give a shit about as a writer. Like there's no reason to write about something that you don't care about just because it's a big press release or whatever. Exactly what you're saying. It's more like the, what makes it interesting to the reader is the fact that you're passionate about it when you're writing about it. And I don't think that comes across when you're just shoveling out press releases. Yeah. It's hard. It's again, like it's, it's a lot of retraining, mm-hmm. uh, but that's, what's going to have to happen it's just going to take time uh and i'm ready for it to take the time I, I want this i really want this i've not been so excited about the website in maybe two years you know and i'm ready for it it's it's just going to be a challenge i think and i think there is going to be a large challenge of like why didn't you guys post about this i'm going to read more absolute punk now um which is okay mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the the reviews made sense, but you cut the photo team as well. So is it just another example of like photos just aren't a big traffic getter? And that's true for almost every website. They're great on Tumblr. Like they get a lot of reblogs. The share yeah. the shareability of an image. Right. Yeah. But they ju- they just don't have a they don't have a point on the new website. You know, like I I, I think we've had some very talented photographers over the years, and I I so appreciate their time. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of them are my close friends, but it, it just doesn't fit in with where we're going. You know, I want to be, I want to be like one third, one third news, one third thoughts and commentary, and one third like podcasts. You know, and and photos don't fit into that. For the first time ever, a lot of our posts aren't even going to have a top image photo. You know, and so it's just, it was really a decision of like. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna pledge to myself, I'm gonna cut all this blow. I can't really half-ass it. Mm-hmm. Now the the picture thing is interesting because I would think that again having a picture at the top of every article adds to the shareability of that article on Tumblr. Have you given thought to leaving Tumblr as you've been redesigning everything else? Never, ever, ever. Because you uh, have like a huge following, right? Yeah, we have. Uh, I think it was like eighty-seven thousand 80, last time. We have, yeah, we have like eighty-six thousand. Okay, something um, around there. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a ton. Uh, I would never leave. I will never leave. Uh, yeah, as long as properties that exist. Um, uh, this wonderful designer Andre um, did the website design for us this time around, and he's. It's the first time ever. I, I think my like. I feel like my beliefs and my thoughts for building out a website have ever been 
fulfilled and he did an incredible job and he did all these things with Tumblr that I did not know did not know exist. Like if it wasn't on Tumblr, you wouldn't know it was on Tumblr kind of thing. Um, and so the website feels great on Tumblr right now. Like the new one, it, it is slick. It is, it's not heavy. It's, it's very light and it's perfect. So there's no reason for me to leave Tumblr, especially when you add in that we already have 85,000 followers there. Like, you know, if, um, if you're a website with, uh, just the Twitter and Facebook and the website itself, I've got you beat in a way because I have another 85,000 people on top of the people that follow us on Twitter and Facebook and that just go to propertyzac.com that see it plus all the people that may reblog stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Now, like you said with the photos, it's definitely something, it's definitely like a point that stuff may become less shareable. But if I'm writing a post, like I just wrote a post um about my conflicts of interest because I want to make I want to air that out on the website. Okay. What what photo am I going to use for that? Am I going to like Google conflict of interest and pick an image that someone made that says conflict of Im- interest? Like that's just cruft. Again, like to me that is more bloat. I also wrote a story this weekend about all the shows I've ever been to because I keep a calendar, I keep like a Google Doc of every show I've ever been to and every band I've ever seen. Okay. I was like, and that, but for that, I was like, you know, it would be funny if I took the photo of me stage diving at the show for a first time ever and made that the photo. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Like, if if it can fit, if it can add to the story, to a story, like for news, we'll always have photos. But if it can add to a story or a commentary, having a photo, yeah, I'll do it. But if it's just more cruft, what's the point? Like I, a lot of this, and it's taken three or four months of planning and thinking and arguing with myself. But it's like, what's the point of having a photo at the top of an article about me writing about conflicts of interest? There is no point. You're right. You're absolutely right. There really isn't, and that's something I've come in contact with the Holix blog. Is like writing. I mean, I've written about the conflict of interest thing, and it's like I don't. There's not a photo that defines what that is, or like how to book a tour. Like, what's the image for how to book a tour? Is it a van? Is it a calendar? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just asking yourself continuously. Like, as I've made these changes, like, and uh, you know, having my team has been really awesome because. I've thrown out ideas and they've been like, you're batshit crazy. <laughs> or they've been like, no, this is really good, but how about this? Um, a lot, you know, like, for example, I've been pre-writing, like, you know, the welcome post or the Patreon post that we're going to make on the site. And those are really important posts. They're potentially the most important posts on the website from this day on because they set the tone and they need to be clear. And having them be like, actually tweak this sentence like this or put this paragraph there may end up making the difference. And it's been the same of like figuring out what makes sense and what doesn't. Definitely, definitely. You mentioned the team is down to like five people now. So that's you, that's that's our good buddy, me. Jesse Richmond. Yeah, Jesse Richmond, Adrian Fisher, um, Eric Van Rien. And um, so those are like the core three writing people. And then there's two other uh, members. Uh, one is my... Longtime best friend Connor, who um, does a lot of like tidbits of things. He helps with some of the podcast stuff. He helps just when I need him to, and he's going to take on kind of like a little bit of a community manager role in the sense that he's going to do some more stuff on Twitter. And Property Zach has a big presence in the Defend Pop Punk group, and he is very well liked there. So he's going to like float some stuff there for us and see how that settles out. And then the other individual. Uh, is a very nice young human being named Ashley who handles all our showcase stuff. 
and she's all and that that is one feature we are keeping because I think it's nice to be able to promote random bands. Um, mm-hmm. So she does showcase, and she's also going to be doing our artists our albums out this week thing um, for us. That's a strong team. We spoke to a few of them, so people that are listening to this can go to the Hollocks blog, and we've, we've talked to Jesse. I think we talked to Connor and Eric. So we've got a lot of them. Yeah. We've got a, a lot, lot of, of this members. is a lot of like again, it's just kind of like cutting out who can I trust to do things. Mm-hmm. Do they want to do that? Do they really believe in the team? Do I feel like I owe them internal gratitude? Yes. You know, it's like, who do we have a mutual respect for that I can trust that they're going to do something that they say to do? Because that's really important. You know, how many yeah. times have you hired someone and they're like, I'm going to write four reviews a month and then they write four reviews in four months? Um, yeah. And so it's important for me to, like, maybe the largest part of cutting down on all the team members, besides just that we were like cutting out photography in general, was that. I needed to go into this being able to trust my allies, my you know the my, the people that I call my teammates because a lot of a lot of the past site has it's always been on me the mo- you know ninety percent of it so if it's like if I can give Ashley the duties to make the albums out this week and that gives me thirty more week thirty more minutes on Sundays of freedom over time that pack you know that adds up for me uh, and I, I want more time or relaxability in my life and. These people, one, I think are all very talented and can help that, but two, are, are willing and want to, which is awesome. No, it definitely is, and it's, it's something that I've struggled with as well. You hit the nail on the head with like what they say they want to do versus what they actually do, and what I found is that there are so many kids that have an interest in like, I want to be a music writer, or I've seen Almost Famous, and I want to be a music writer, <laughs> and then you ask them to like develop an original thought anything anything in the world and they're just it's like you've ran them into a wall they just they, they just it's just not it's not a writing skill that everybody has especially early on like it takes time to be able to be like okay here's my opinion on something and here's a way how i'm going to express it to the world like that that takes a little bit of like you know uh confidence in yourself but also just i think experience and writing and like getting comfortable with who you are as a person and sharing oh, yeah. that with the world and you know commitments are hard frankly like you know, a lot of these people that commit, and I, you know, I'm thankful for all of them, unless they've somehow burned us drastically. Like, for those who commit to something when they're in high school or college or when they have a real life job, and then they figure out that they just can't do that because ultimately, in the current state, our sites don't pay people. Absolute Punk doesn't pay people, you know, and it's like, it's hard. You know, it's hard for me to be like angry at this random person who said, who, who told me that they were going to commit and that I trusted them and that I, I gave up some percentage of my trust and like site responsibilities and then they failed that because they're not getting paid. But at the same time, like don't make that commitment if you can't keep it. And it's a very hard balance. It is. And it's, it's difficult as a site owner sometimes to put yourself in that other person's shoes because to you, it's like, obviously the site comes first. Obviously the site gets whatever you said it needs, it needs and it's going to have, but people who just, you know, volunteer to work for you for free, it's, you can't really hold them to that same level. You know what I mean? You can't really be like, no, obviously property of Zach has to be your thing. Like that's, that's what's going to get you into the industry. That's how people know you. It's not, it's how people know Zach Zarillo. Right. You know, that's, uh, that's hard too. Cause obviously the website has my name in it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, part of the re the rejiggering of the site has been that I, I really want people to know the other voices. I want people to like, like Jesse's writing a lot um, mm-hmm. or Adrian's writing. Cause they're great writers. Right. Right. And 
that's been hard in the past, but it's very important to me now. And that's why, like, you know, up front, we've been asking for a lot of, like, diverse people compared to who writes on the site now to write pieces for January and maybe beyond January. And then, you know, hopefully if Patreon goes well, we'll be able to pay even other people, bigger people or more diverse people. And part of the Patreon thing is that, you know, we're, we're promising that 80% of the proceeds from Patreon will go directly to paying writers. Um, and the other 20% is really only going to go to, like, keeping the lights on. I'm not going to take the other 20% to my pocket unless it's an astronomical amount, which it won't be. <laughs> uh, and the only way I'll ever get paid on the site is if the weekly sponsorships uh, come through. Uh, and if they do even, you know, a lot of that may just go back into the site anyway. So, mm. yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, the the monetization of a music blog, especially one that doesn't have ads, which is something that it's really cool that you're going to try to do, but you are, you've, you've touched, you touched on it a few times now, so we should probably lay it out for everyone. That's kind of like, what's he talking about? What's he talking about? So I'll just give you the space to kind of explain the different ways you hope to generate income, and then we can kind of pick them apart. Right. Okay, cool. So, um, again, I hate ads uh, <laughs> and I love tech. And I believe that I believe that we're just all so lazy. Uh, we're all lazy. We we don't we want to make the most money, and we as like as a grand we like everyone just wants to make the most money. And then below that is the people that run these websites or come up with the business models. And everyone's like, it'd be a lot easier just to throw a bunch of ugly ads and make a ton of money. And but hopefully not bleed readers, and to make up for bleeding readers by making a bunch of bad posts or spam. Um, I go to noisy sometimes and I'm greeted by a full takeover ad that I have to click out of. I go to alt press a lot and I'm greeted by a full takeover ad for a metal festival that has nothing to do with this music genre. And then I click out of it and then the whole page also has a wallpaper of metal. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what am I doing? Like, what are you guys doing? This can't be, this can't be it. I got really angry at Complex the other day. Like I've never go to that website. And so think of this as your first experience viewing a website when the website wants you, the reader, to be frequently visiting them so they can make money off of you, so they can interact with you, so they can have you share things, right? Like that is ultimately what Complex wants out of its reader. Mm-hmm. And I go to the website for maybe like one of the first times ever and I'm greeted by a full takeover ad for like Drake. Oh no, it was for their newsletter. It was to sign up for their newsletter. And I click X on that. And then instead of me going to the website, then there's a full page ad that I then have to click out of. And then I'm finally on the proper website and they had a top banner ad that dropped down the whole length of the page. And so then I had to scroll completely down to move past that ad. So me as a first time reader of Complex, I have to take four steps to view an article that was shitty and that I ended up clicking out of anyway. And I have no desire to ever read that website again, ever. (laughs) Because they offended me as a user. They did not treat me like a human being. They treated me like a cash cow, you know? And they're not going to get my cash anymore. And that sucks, that really sucks, but that's the model. And I don't believe in that model. Um, Like I've said a few times, like I really love tech, I really love, Indie tech. I'm a big, big, big Apple nerd. And so there's a bunch of websites, and I'll just list a few. 
Um, Daring Fireball, Six Colors, Stratechery, Marco.org. And these websites are run independently by bloggers um, that are very, very smart. And they do have, they all have like one ad, but it's not the kind of ad that we know. They all have this indie ad network that has one small ad per click. It's not a GIF, it's not something ugly. It is the most inobtrusive thing. And then beyond that, they all sell weekly sponsorships. And what they sell is the fact that people come to the site to read it. So John Gruber gets 4 million page views on his own without any banner ads at all, without any takeover ads at all. And he sells a weekly sponsorship for $10,000 a week because he has that many readers. And you know what $10,000 a week is times 52? <laughs> it is 520 grand. And that is all on his own without any ads, essentially, without harassing people because he has trust in his readers. And that's incredible. Yeah. I'm never going to be daring fireball. <laughs> but if like, but like that doesn't mean I also need to be an evil human being like the people that run Complex or Spin Media. Like it's not – I don't need to do that. And so I want – and I also – I'm a firm believer that I think everyone in music is really dumb because no one – no one's trying to do something that's a winning model in other places. I want to be the first one there. Or I want to try to be one of the first ones there. Jason Tate has been doing it a little with Chorus, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, where, that's the direction I'm interested in. So that leads to the two models. I'm cutting out the ads and I, I'm believing in these weekly sponsored posts. Um, and that means on Monday uh, – so, so let's use um, – who should we use as an example? Let's use uh, uh, MailChimp as an example because anyone listening to this podcast has also listened to Serial. Yep. I assume. So on a Monday, um, there would be a post on Property Zach that says sponsor MailChimp. And then in the body of the post, we would uh, write up a little advertised thing clearly marked as a sponsor um, that MailChimp wants us to promote. And that that gets published on the website. So it goes to our 35,000 Twitter followers our 85,000 Tumblr followers, our 20,000 Facebook likes, and then all the people that read propertyzact.com. It can be seen by all of those people in a way that's not obtrusive. It's just one post on that one day and it's not gross. On the Sunday, of the, the, the following Sunday, we'll post a thank you. So we'll say thank you to MailChimp for sponsoring us, blah, blah, blah. And so that's a way, again, for them to get a continual hit of potential new subscribers to their service. And then uh, we're going to have a top bar on the site that very plainly, it's not gross, it's just plain text that says MailChimp. Use 20, uh, type in POZ to get 20% off your next newsletter. And that's it. That's it. It's really easy. It's not gross. There's no gross images. It's not spammy. Accidentally hovering over it is not going to autoplay a video about Kesha. Like, it's just simple. Um, and that's what I want. I want simplicity. I want to feel. I don't want to feel gross about my website. Um, so that's the one model. The other model is uh, Patreon. Uh, I'm I'm really interested in reader membership or not reader membership. Uh, it's very important for me to say Properties Act will always remain free and open. But reader support is very interesting to me. Um, I I pay X dollars a month to several different independent bloggers because I really believe in their what they're writing and what they're informing me of, and I never want to lose their information. 
And if no one pays them because they're not giving into the gross ad structure, then they may have to get a real job somewhere else. And I don't want that. So I'm going to pay to support them, just like I would support a band on tour. That's okay. It's okay to support more than just music. <laughs> uh, and so I, I decided to go with Patreon because I, I think it's a cool experiment. Um, and so we're going to have three different tiers. Uh, for Patreon, there will be a $2 tier, which is just like you're tipping us $2 a month. There will be a $5 tier where um, you get like goodies, like pins and stickers and merch twice a year. And then there's a $12 tier, which includes all that, but also a direct feed to me where once or twice a month, I'll be doing a podcast exclusively to those people who, sub uh, who support that model. And I'll ask, I'll answer essentially any questions that are asked, and also give my own current thoughts on things. So, uh, podcast is a big thing I believe in right now, and that will be exclusive to those people. Um, so, there's a lot to digest. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's I think those are two very good ideas, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how they're adapted, how people not how they're adapted, but how they're accepted in the alternative music community because. At this point, I'm not sure that it exists elsewhere in at least this subgenre of alternative music blogging. You know what I mean? Like Properties right. that kind of is the first one to be like, hey, why don't we try this? Which is a little surprising considering how many bigger companies have struggled to make money online in recent years. It's the insane to me, like, like almost clinically insane to me, knowing that Absolute Punk gets millions of page views per month mm -hmm. and that spin media has not tried selling weekly sponsorships like yeah. it's insane to me it, it it bothers me it bothers me that all of these companies don't do that because it's an incredible and friendly way like it's it's just such a brain fart to me like i don't know <laughs> i they're doing if john gruber can make upwards of ten thousand dollars per week and he makes and he gets four million pages a month like what about the verge who get it's like who get like 20 million or 30 million pages a month. Like what are you guys doing? Yeah. Uh, and it's so frustrating to me. So it's a risk, but I, I don't I don't view that I have another option here. I don't think you do, at least in the short term. And it will be interesting to see. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you mentioned that most likely the property of Zach core audience is under the age of 21, almost definitely. Yeah, I, I think that it's like tw 17 to 24. So you got to assume that, uh, you know, not until they're 18 do they even have their own debit card, really. Exactly. So exactly. it's just that risk. But I think what you've done to be smart about it is you haven't jumped to like $25 a month. You're starting as little as two like that. You're making it very easy because it's like, okay, $25 a year, like as much as you would spend for a concert ticket is what you're yeah, asking it's not for a year bad. of music news. It's like it's so not expensive. You know, I pay $10 a month to several sites and that's $120. I'm not asking for that unless you really want to. Uh, and it's like – but it, it, it's hard. It's hard to educate. You know, it's hard to say like, hey, add it up. It's really not expensive. Um, it's like, you know, it's, it's over the course of a year not buying like – you know, three beers, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and maybe that won't connect with the 17 year old, but it, it just shouldn't be that hard, but, uh, but I'm expecting it to be frankly. Um, so it's, it's, we'll 
see how it goes. Well, I think there's a there's a demand. You know, there's always going to be that like, well, there's a free alternative to it. But the, I guess the hope is, and for me and for you, is that you've you know you've been around long enough, you have a brand, and that there is some weight in what you have to say and who you are, and that people will you know put some trust into that with their money. You know what I mean? To be like, hey, after five years, maybe I could give them twenty dollars for you know ten thousand posts a year. Right. Which, you know, that the per post is very little if you think about how much money that actually is costing a person. Yeah. Yeah. And like I was saying, like, it'll always remain free. Yeah. Uh, so it's okay. It's okay if you don't donate. Uh, on that end, like, we're also going to have a PayPal button where you can send just one donation. Like a one time right? donation. Right. You can send me one buck. Mm-hmm. Or we're also going to have a merch store where you could. Buy a crew neck for twenty bucks, and that crew neck costs five or six dollars to make, and that other fourteen dollars will go to the site, right? Like, there will be other options, but the Patreon is the thing I'm really hoping to make work. Mm. As and the sponsored posts too, and, and you know, the, it's difficult with that as well because I've been talking with these record labels and other companies over the past few weeks and month, and I've been like, "Hey, Hopeless Records." You currently spend $1,000 a month buying banner ads across Absolute Punk, All Press, etc. You're not going to be able to do that with Properties Act anymore starting January 1st, okay? Mm-hmm. The only way you can ever advertise now is by buying these sponsored posts. And I'm asking for more money than uh, they would necessarily pay over three weeks and one week, but it's because it's very direct. Like, like I was saying, I don't really think anyone sees an ad on the top of a website anymore. Yeah. But if I can guarantee you that between Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook, you're reaching over 150,000 subscribers on top of just being on the website twice a week. So that's over 300,000 potential eyeballs. And then you have that sponsored bar at the top of the website. It's like, you know, that's, that's really, to me, worth the money. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to educate to that end. Yeah, and it's just the general fears of something new in the digital space and, you know, the slowness to adapt that all the music industry has. <laughs> yeah, it's just a tough it's a tough thing. Everyone's slow. Everyone doesn't want to do something that that, that they're not used to, even if it may end up helping them. <laughs> so let's I would I do want to touch a little bit on is there if you could name some sites that are out right now that kind of reflect the type of content or the type of editorial the type of content you hope to create in the months ahead versus what you do now? Is there an example? I mean, you mentioned Noisy, and Noisy is the first one that kind of pops to my brain because they don't do news, they do a very occasional review, but everything else is just interesting editorial content. Grantland, you mentioned that kind no, of falls in, but it's not as long. You don't seem to be going as long as Grantland goes. Uh, I don't think we'll be like noisy at all because that's a website that really bothers me. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. I think it's. Re- I think like for example, I think Dan Ozzy has the potential to do so much good, and I think he does do so much good, but he wraps it in a way that is harmful. Um, and I don't really want to do that. I know what you're saying in terms of the editorial, but like to me, I think of noisy, and I think of hey, I like this band, but I don't want to say it, so here's five reasons why I'm going to make fun of them while streaming their song. Um, So the the best example I can give, and the thing is, is that like this is not a music website, but but I'll get into that in a second. So the best example of what I can give is a website called Six Colors, six spelled out S-I-X, colors.com. And that's a tech site. When the website launches, you'll see that I completely ripped off their design. 
uh, because I found out that this was exactly what I needed and what I want. I'm very excited about it. Um, and so this is the best mix of quick news and longer writing and thoughts. Um, beyond so that's that's a tech blog, obviously though. Mm-hmm. In terms of things to like draw to music writing, um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of like the little stuff Jason has done. He hasn't done it much over the past few months, but when he sort of started with the um, the chorus thing, that that was a little bit of an inspiration. Grantland was a large inspiration for me at the beginning of this year, and still is. Um, it won't be like you know Bill Simmons plops out a five thousand word. NFL column every single Friday. We won't be doing that because that's just so long. I don't think anyone in music has the attention span of that. But mm-hmm. um, it, it'll it'll be things like that. It'll be, you know, if I if I switch over real quick to my content calendar, um, you know, it's it's just a lot of things that I personally find interesting. Um, like uh, like I said sometime earlier, you know, I, I've kept the show calendar for every single show I'm going to. I think you know whenever I talk about that, people get really interested in it. So, I, so I wrote a, a semi-long thing about that. Uh, a good friend of both of ours, uh, a guy named Michael Mees, um, uh, has a uh, LGBT blog called Punk Out, and he's going to start writing about LGBT LGBT stuff in relation to music on Property Zach. So. Because one, I feel like we should be doing a broader job, sort of exploring these avenues and not being so like Manila uh, and because I also want his site to grow. So I think that's a good way to cross promote. Uh, mm-hmm. Jamie Coletta, a, a mutual friend who is a publicist at Side One Dummy is kind of be, is going to be uh, doing like a series once per month until we run out about like all the things that go wrong when bands contact her, or her record label to somehow get signed to Side One Dummy. I'm really excited about that because that feels like my life. Um, you know, uh, Jono, I had Jono from the Swellers write a blog on this very interesting thing to me, which is uh, so often you'll see a website post a review for a band and it's not favorable. Let's go with a transit example. Mm-hmm. They destroy. They tried to destroy Thomas and Absolute Punk. A year, a year earlier, they were praising Thomas and Absolute Punk for the review they gave Listen and Forgive. And then often what you'll see is some of these bands break up and the singer or the guitarist of one of these bands will start to write for websites, even though they chastise all these websites that gave them bad reviews. So I had Jono write a really good blog about what it's like to be a musician and need to get all this press, but then to resent it, publicly resent it, and then like be a hypocrite by start writing for these websites. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting to me. So a lot of it is just, you know, I'm going to have Buddy write something about that long and incredible podcast he did with 100 Words or Less to also kind of shed more light on the undersides of this world that we don't look into too much. So yeah. there's a lot of picking and choosing of, of me being like, I think it'd be really interesting if this person wrote this about that. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, I want to write my thoughts on random news things that pop up and how they all work together. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm able to do that well because I have the perspective of, Management, website, and record label. And those things give me a very unique perspective, and I want to capitalize on that. We should say that I, I'm contributing something on behalf of Holix as well. You are. Yeah, we're going to talk about leaks, which is fun. Everyone, Everything else is so personal. This is personal to me, though. I'll be contributing about leaks and my own relationship with them, because I think music bloggers have a very interesting relationship with leaks that 
sets a bad example for the public in general, but we'll get to that whenever I get it done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, that's awesome. And I think it's a good way. And I do want to take a side note and say that I've been pushing the idea of content calendars a lot in the month of December. And I like that you use them because you're another good example of like, they are the lifeblood of a successful music blog. Yeah. uh, For, I mean, for truly like not quite five years or probably four and a half years, I've used this service called Asana. Uh, to to plan our site and that is the only way I stay sane uh, and that also is a great way for us to comment and, and edit things to each other so I mean to like quickly I guess I could throw out like four tools I use for the website uh, mm-hmm. but we use Asana to, to sort of plan the calendar and to upload the final writings um, we use this great chat application called Slack um, you know, we have a group of people and we want to communicate all at once and having it in a group text is, is not, you know, productive. So there's this great app called Slack where we can talk on a native app, app on your Mac or on your desktop browser or on your phone or on your iPad. And it's made the collaboration between our team really great over the past two months. Um, I also use this service called Byword as my text editor where I publish things. So you know, there, there's definitely like a system and I would be lost without it. <laughs> uh, but that's, no, I, I think it's smart that you have a system in place and I think a lot of people will pick up from it. I don't want to talk too much more about the new site because it's going to launch in a few days and people should be excited to see it. I, mean, I don't want us to like talk about it to the point that they're like, oh my God, I still have six more days to go <laughs> before I can see this awesome site. But I do, I mean, we have you here. So I think we have to talk, touch on a, touch on a couple of your other things before we let okay. you go real quick. Um, I guess the biggest thing that we haven't addressed yet is that Knuckle Puck got signed, right? Yes. Yeah, we sold out. Yeah, you sold out so hard. <laughs> I'm really, honestly, I'm really good at selling out. That's what I do best. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Knuckle Puck uh, signed to Rise Records. How long? Um, how long has that been in the works? Uh, since February. Damn, that's we, impressive. Uh, people we, don't people don't know how long that kind of thing takes. But no, I, and I, I, the band and I had a very specific plan, and we sought out not to be cocky, but like I think we sought out perfectly. Um, you know, it was very important to the band to release one more EP on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, While I Stay Secluded was 100% done on their own. Um, so you didn't I, pay for with it, bad timing, you just put it out. With bad timing. Like, what I mean is Rise had no, sorry, what I mean is Rise had zero to do with the EP, even okay. though we technically signed a contract before then. Yeah. And nothing to do with it. It was a fully independent process between Knuckle Puck and Bad Timing Records. Okay. And it was really important to us to sort of build and build and build before going to Rise. We don't want to depend on Rise to build uh, like the, you know, build the scaffolding that we should already have. We want it to sort of exist and have our core base of fans all on our own and then use Rise as a way to get a means beyond that to the fans that we couldn't hit otherwise. And I think we've done a really good job of sac- of saturating our potential market before signing to a bigger label. And now the part of signing to a label is for them to expand our market, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, giving giving up part of the control to trade for a larger market of potential fans was something that we decided was worthwhile. Uh, and we were talking to other labels, of, I mean, almost a year ago at this point, but uh, I've had a special relationship with Rise for many years, and I and I believe that they are the best record label in the music industry, and uh, I think it's going to be a special thing. Yeah, and it's you know it's kind of a curious signing for Rise because they select their more 
poppy punky acts very very like they're you know they're very choosy about which ones they go with as opposed you could say that rise has a ton of heavy bands but when it comes to a little more pop laden acts they seem to be very choosy with who makes the yeah cover. what i like about us being on rise compared to like hopeless for example is that knuckle puck is the only small pop punk band on rise records there's man overboard who are who are a generation and a half ahead of us yeah but we're the only one in our class uh you know, hopeless. There's the Wonder Years. There's Neck Deep. There's uh, Trophy Eyes. It's like Rome, etc. Like there's all these pop, Newfound Glory. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's you have to be. Uh, you know, that's just how it works. You eventually there has to eventually be some sort of structure of how you cater to your specific bands. And what I like about Rise is that we're the only one in that class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because we were able to establish ourselves beforehand, we don't necessarily need a lot of other people in that class with us at that label specifically. Yeah. And it should be interesting. So, I mean, is the group has a new album coming out in the summer and then so but you're completely I mean, you're still managing them, right? Oh yeah, fully. Uh it's uh, it was sort of the best thing of my year. Like we the things I'm so it's kind of insane what we got done this year, you know. Um and I'm so proud. The band had never done a real tour before 2014. And in 2014, they went on full U.S. tours, a co-headling tour with Neck Deep, a support tour with Man Overboard, a support tour on Census Fail's 10-year tour, and direct support on Modern Baseball's fall tour. Uh, while recording an EP and a split, while selling out a bunch of vinyl, and you know, like that was all independently done, uh, and it was so gratifying. And yeah, I mean, I manage them, and it's been incredibly great. And you know, we're about to announce a big U.S. tour on January 6th, I think. And uh, there's like a lot to come. The band is going to be very busy next year. And moving back to bad timing, you guys also have some announcements coming up soon, right? Yeah, we have. I think, you know, you said it with Thomas the other day, but I think we have 13 releases already <laughs> confirmed for next year. And in 2013, we released, uh, we released, one sec. We released uh, only 10 records in 2014 <laughs> as a whole, and we've already confirmed 13 through next year. That does not mean we're releasing 13 in like the first three months, but you know, throughout the year, we have already planned 13 releases. Um, and that's crazy. Uh, I mean, the, the most gratifying thing for me with Bad Timing currently is working with Kevin Devine on a daily basis. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's an artist that really is, is truly important to me and my relationship to music and as a songwriter himself. But... To be able to essentially be his his real partner where we depend on each other and we're working creatively with each other is one of those things where, you know, I was 16 year old, 16 years old, really loving Kevin Devine. And he he made me believe I could do the website. And five years later to be in a business working relationship with him and Andy Hall from Favorite Gentleman and Manchester Orchestra is like one of those surreal things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's really gratifying. We have this new band that we signed called Head North. Um and we just got the final masters for their EP back, and it's incredible. And uh, you know, th- things are looking exciting next year so far. I think a lot that we have planned, especially with Kevin, will will be a large surprise. We're also kicking off January. If I couldn't be busy enough with the site, with uh, three reissues in the month. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot. Uh, yeah, people who want to check out Head North, they're playing a show next weekend, January 11th, in Buffalo with Well Kept Things, which is a band on Antique. So you can support Zach and I both by going to that show. Yes, <laughs> and, and then Head North will be on a, a tour with Front Porch Step and um, Have Mercy off all spring, which is great as well. Are they on? Are they one of the bands you manage as well? 
head north? Yeah. I don't. I don't manage them. A great guy named Danny at working group manages them. And it's really nice to have like a solid professional team for such a young band. Um, mm-hmm. I do manage Have Mercy though. I, I recently picked them up. Oh, wow. Uh, they're, on, they're on that front porch step tour. Yeah, that's going to be a huge spring tour. I just interviewed Front Porch Step at the beginning of uh, December. Yeah, people like him. <laughs> a people lot. really like that guy. It's weird. You know, I was joking about it with my friend Jake from Pure Noise, uh, and I was like, "Look, I don't know any sing- I don't know a single human being that likes his music." But yeah, his record has sold fourteen thousand copies this year <laughs> since the summer. So clearly, a lot of people like the music, and I just don't know any of them, which is so interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's to me the craziest part is that there are 14,000 people that I do not interact with that love his music and I don't know any of them. I'm the same way though because like I interviewed, I interviewed the front porch stuff, I interviewed him and then I did interview Jake actually later in the month and I had the same – I walked away with the same thought where I was like, I mean that's good but legitimately since the album came out, I don't know anyone in like the influential music community that really like you know carries the flag for front porch stuff. So it's so interesting that he's amassed this following while the rest of us were just kind of off writing about other things. For the most part, yeah, it's so it's so strange. <laughs> there will always be a room for a singer songwriter. He's filled that gap that used to be like the spill canvas, and before them, it was dashboard confessional. Right, it's, it's totally. That. There's always a market for that, and there's so few people that do it well. But we're getting way off topic here. I know that you have a busy day ahead of you, and I've kept you for so long. Um, but we have to finish the year. It's the last podcast of 2014 for me. Because next week we'll have, I think Scott Heisel is kicking off the new year. Oh boy. Oh boy. We can't talk about the, the cool things. Things are changing. Yeah. We can't talk about the thing that everyone wants us to talk about, but we can talk about a lot of other things. Uh, <laughs> um, when we will, because he, he's somebody that you and I have had a lot of interesting interactions with over the last few years. So that'll be fun. But before we end 2014, we do need to know what is, what is your favorite album of the year that you had nothing to do with? Huh. Okay, so my top three albums of the year. Can I do that? Okay, three albums is fine. Uh, Modern Baseball, You're Gonna Miss It All. Fantastic. Uh, the Hotel Year, Home Like No Place Is There, and Pianos Become the Teeth, Keep You. Those are the three albums that have resonated with me the most this year. I, I think this year has been such an incredible year for music. Uh, beyond the top three, everything else doesn't necessarily have a strict order for me, but those three strictly do, and I, I love them all very dearly. It's crazy that two of those albums comes out, come out in the first three months of the year. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I guess I cheated in that. I, I mean, I, I work like Modern Baseball is my best friends, but I, I heard that album in August of 2013, and I was like, yeah, uh, unless <laughs> Blink or Brand New release an album next year, I, I know this will be my favorite, and it is. Oh, I guess. Do you think? Uh, do you think we'll get a new Blink and Brand New album next year? I know we're getting a new brand new album next yeah, year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Blink is up in the air. Conversations that I've had. Blink, I think, is going to happen. I just don't. I could see something unconventional. Like I could see another EP. But yeah, I think we'll get new music from both. I know brand new will have new music out. Yeah, definitely. And then we'll both have to write about it at length. Oh, yeah. You can't not write about brand new for everything else that changes. No, I have a brand new <laughs> tattoo, so it's okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we've covered the new site launches on January 5th. Is it just going to launch at midnight? Are you plan on like a flip over right when it hits midnight? Uh, so what's, what's cool is that our web developer uh, lives in the UK. So he will actually be able to wake up and like change the website over at like 9 or 10 a.m. his time. And it'll be in the middle of the night. And then I don't think like I'll start like going crazy on stuff until like midday, like noon or something. Like mm-hmm. 
it, I'll, I'll leave the website up. It just doesn't necessarily do me a lot of good to post. Welcome to the new property, Zach, at 9 a.m. when East Coast, when the West Coast is still fully asleep. Yeah. So I'm not certain on the times yet, but the website will be up by the time anyone who listens to this in North America wakes up, and then the things will start rolling out uh, in the start of the day. Okay, that sounds like a plan. And then bad timing. We have some releases coming up. Synergy is yeah. just being synergy. <laughs> yeah, and then Shade Tree. Um, there's a new You Blew It EP out called Pioneer of Nothing on January 27th, and they're doing a headlining tour. It's really great. I'm uh, sure. I'm sure then, it's a great EP. <laughs> yeah. The only let me say one more thing. I have a new podcast launching too with a new website. Um, it's called Simpler Sound. It'll be with my good friend Evan Lucy. Uh, compared to Off the Record, which is much more about music business, Evan and I will kind of be doing a weekly news podcast on music. Um, which is sort of a way for me to get away from needing, feeling like I need to post about everything on the website because I'll be able to p- talk about it on the podcast. So that'll also be launching on the 5th. That's, I think that's great, man. That sounds good. I, I believe that there is a hole in blogging and podcasting for a really good music news podcast. This might not be All it right. exactly, but there is there is a hole waiting to be filled. Yep. Um, so anyone listening to this, if you need a podcast idea, there it is. It's a million dollar idea. Well, it's a hundred dollar idea. <laughs> um, but okay, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know that you have uh, things to do today and we've, we've, uh, ran our hour and 15 here. You and I could probably do like a three hour podcast. If we, we could just, really just keep going. We just keep doing it. Um, <laughs> uh, but you'll be All back right. on. I'm sure. Uh, I know that we just had Thomas on, we had you on, so we're good on bad timing for a while, but I'm sure in the spring at some point we'll find an excuse to talk to one another again. Um, it's yeah. always a pleasure to have you on the show. People can follow you on Twitter. You're ZZarillo, which is two Zs, two Rs, two Ls. Yep. All right. That's where I am. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah. Th- talk- thanks, Zach, so much.